Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Freeman Means Business Wonder Women in Business podcast. Everyone has a story, and on our Wonder Women in Business podcast, we give a voice to those women whose story is meaningful, moving, and compelling. Today's guest is Shanika Gandhi from an amazing firm with an amazing name called Pain and Fears. Welcome today uh, to the show. Thank you, Susan. I'm excited for the opportunity to share my story. Awesome. Well, that's what this is all about, and we love having you here. So tell me a little bit about yourself first off, so the audience, I I bet you have a number of my listeners who already know you, because she is a phenom on social media, folks. But tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, definitely. So as you mentioned, my name is Shanika Gandhi, and I'm the Director of Marketing and Business Development at Pain and Fears, um, and they're a 50-attorney law firm based in Irvine, California. Um, I earned a double degree in international relations and business um, administration from the University of San Diego. Uh, And then right after, I went directly into law school and earned my JD from California Western School of Law, which is also in San Diego. So I have a special place in my heart for um, being in San Diego. Um, And after passing the bar, I moved up to Orange County to look for a role in a law firm. I was formerly at Kenobi Martins, an intellectual property law firm in their um, business development department, and I was their digital marketing specialist. And um, and I was there for five years before I started my role here at Pain and Fears, which was two years ago. Nice. Um, Very yeah, nice. So it, Let me ask you really, it, before you go on, I want to interrupt with a quick comment. Um, first of all, San Diego has a special place in my heart as well. I love that city. I, I just don't think that um, maybe it gets the recognition that it deserves, you know, so people drown out their conversations about California by talking about where I live, San Francisco, and where you now live and work in LA, but, or the Irvine area. So, um, San Diego, just wanted to give a big shout out to all of our friends in San Diego. It's got everything. It's got the great weather. It's got the big city, um, Big city with a little city feel, I think. And being near uh, water is always, you know, wonderful. Uh, I have a special penchant for it because I'm a Navy wife. So you might imagine that um, Coronado being near and dear to my heart. But yeah, I just wanted to say that real quick shout out for San Diego. I agree with you. It's a very special place. So carry on. Yeah. Yeah, no. And then... um... If I'm not visiting San Diego on the weekends, I'm actually, I volunteer with the Gujarati Society of Southern California. Um, The Gujarati Society is a cultural organization that celebrates my Indian heritage. So Gujarat is actually a state in India. And so there's a lot of people who have um, immigrated into the U.S. And there's a big population here in Southern California. So I volunteer um, as a marketing and communications technology that's sort of role with the organization. So this this weekend, actually, I was doing just that. We had our big holy festival, um, which is the Festival of Colors, and it was an awesome, awesome time. So that's awesome. I know a little bit about the holy festival, but why don't you tell the listeners about that? And before you do that, um, spell the organization's name so that we can look it up, get involved, maybe uh, contribute some way, shape, or form. Uh, So tell me more about the organization and then about the festival. Yeah, so Gujarati is G-U-J-A-R-A-T-I, and it's a Society of Southern California. It's a nonprofit organization. We um, actually launched it two years ago. The purpose was to really bring together 
um, Indians who identify as Gujarati, and of course those who are also just curious about the culture and the heritage. Um, and it's to bring together people regardless of your, you know, religious, religious, um, side or politics or any of that is just to celebrate the the state that we're from in India. Um, so we just started two years ago. I'm a founding member and um, and with a lot of other very um, you know, prominent and senior business leaders in the community as well that are running this organization. And so what we did this past weekend is we hosted a festival of colors in South Almount. El Monte at the Whittier Narrows Recreation Area, and it was, we had over 800 people, and wow. the Festival of Colors, yeah, it was a great event, and the Festival of Colors is essentially where you throw color powder um, at, you know, your friends and families, and you sort of, you know, post it all over your face, and I can probably sh uh, share with you a picture, and you can maybe post it online, but it's, um, it's a really colorful, um, it, it, it's actually, there's a, also a semi-religious meaning behind it too it's also the beginning of spring um good over evil that you know there's like a lot of different meanings actually behind it depending on how you take it i love that i love that so for me personally i try to encourage curiosity in others rather than fear of the other curiosity in ourselves and others so that we learn about new uh cultures religions uh, you know your stories your backgrounds your upbringings um I think there's room in this world for everyone and all these unique different perspectives make living life worth it for me at least. Um, so I think that's beautiful. I love the symbolism in the colors and in throwing the colors and sharing the diversity of the colors and um, diversity of backgrounds and, and so forth. I love that. That's amazing. So I've been invited to a holy festival and I was not able to go, um, but I will certainly make it a point to go next year um, because you've made it that much more appealing to me, and I'm really curious. So, really curious. This is fantastic. Yeah. I know that Pain and Fears, uh, first of all, greatest law firm name ever in the history yeah. of law firm name. <laughs> I want to hire that person for sure. Um, but I'm sure they keep you very busy, and the fact that you donate your time when you're not there to this amazing, amazing cause, it's not really a cause for you. It's more of a part of who you are. So I think that's great that you give back uh, in that way. So Thank you. let's go uh, to your professional life. Let's talk about a day in the life of you at Pain and Fears. Maybe, maybe what's your proudest professional accomplishment? Maybe it wasn't at Pain and Fears. Tell me more. Yeah, actually, no, you um, uh, predicted what I was going to say. I actually landing this role here at Pain and Fears is probably my proudest professional accomplishment. And um, one of the main reasons is I left Kenobi as a, in a specialist role, um, and I started at Pain and Fears as a director role. So as you know, um, wow. or many know, in the legal community, that's a really big job. And oh. so, and I, yeah. <laughs> um, so for me, that was a really big professional accomplishment. And I was tasked with creating, you know, a marketing and business development culture at the firm because they didn't really have one and they, they needed a little bit of centralization and someone to just, you know, be in attorney's offices and really help them through what marketing and business development really means. Um, so two years later, um, I've done quite a bit. I've created a budget process here at the firm to evaluate our marketing spend so that it's not, you know, random acts of marketing or just throwing money just because 
you know, attorney says that they want to, and maybe they don't get involved um, in the organization the rest of the year, you know, you know, just trying to find those um, places where we could just be more efficient with um, how we're doing our marketing. Um, I've launched a business development coaching program. So right now I'm coaching about 15 attorneys um, every month. I meet with them and help them through their pipeline and get in front of their clients and prospects. Um, I've executed a content marketing and thought leadership strategy. So for example, subscribing to JD Super and Lexology, um, you know, just tip, you know, obviously events and sponsorships, it's really big. So centralizing that, evaluating ROI, logistics, um, and then, you know, diversity inclusion is something that's really important to me and also the firm. And so we've been able to work together a lot to develop a committee and a strategy and, you know, just promote that more within the firm. So it's just been, as you can tell, I wear a lot of hats. And so it's just, it's a lot going on at the same time. <laughs> I will say, I was thinking that very phrase, she wears a lot of hats. Um, but I think that the fact that they were progressive enough, maybe not doing this before you came, but progressive enough to recognize the need and giving you the tools and the opportunity to create change. Many, many yeah. law firms don't even know the difference between marketing and business development. And they certainly don't engage in client service, which in my opinion is the number one most important business development tool out there. But uh, it sounds like you have your hands full and it sounds like you have the ear of the, do you think the size of the firm helps you to create those really good relationships that move the needle? Yeah, I mean, it's a startup environment here. So it's really great because I can yeah. try new ideas. And it's, um, and the attorneys are excited about business development, which is fantastic. So yeah, it's definitely. That's so great. It sounds like you hit the jackpot there because um, yeah. <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard a, um, a business development professional in the law firm setting, especially working in-house, say the attorneys are excited about business development. So that's great. That's really good. That speaks a lot to your ability to um, create and transform and, uh, you know, create an exciting atmosphere and a compelling atmosphere where they want to do something new, do something different, you know, start to see things the way clients see things. And so good for you. And uh, I can see why this is your proudest professional accomplishment. Not everyone who listens understands the rungs on the ladder, which are starting to blur. Um, but mm. if you jump from specialist to director. I think most people understand that for sure is quite a leap, quite a leap. Mm. And it sounds to me like it's well-deserved. So good for you. Yeah. Well, so who has been your mentor, someone who's inspired you or moved you in a way that you took action? Well, hopefully I can pick two because I first people I think of is my parents. Um, they've Aww. honestly been my, you know, mentors and cheerleaders in life. Um, and, you know, of course, through the best and worst times, I mean, they've always just been there. I can rely on them for either encouragement, um, support, guidance. I mean, it's really, I tell them everything. And so, and they're always, um, you know, they're always on my side, which is wonderful. My dad is a, a full-time CPA and he runs a wedding photography business on the side. And so just his ability to pursue his passion. Yeah. That's been really inspiring for me, you know, just to go for, even though we feel like we don't have time, um, maybe you have a full-time job, you can still do other things that make you happy. Um, and he just has a lot of resilience and grit, and he has a lot of sage advice. 
Um, my mom was a former daycare owner and she's a teacher's assistant for teacher's assistant for autistic children. So wow. she has a lot of patience and her smile really just lights up the room. And she, she's very much of a proud mom persona. And so she's always talking about me with her friends and she just, you know, that type of personality just lights up my day. <laughs> I love that. I love that. So two things I noticed. Um, so first of all, about your dad's sideline business. I think that's great. He has an outlet for his creative side because, you know, mm -hmm. during the day are doing the numbers thing. So right, I, I right. think that when people learn to manage their attention and not just their time, they do find time for the things they're passionate about. Outside of the things we have to do, we find time for the things we want to do. And I think mm -hmm. when we don't do that, our balance, our, our, you know, we get out of whack a little bit. So I think that's awesome that he does that. It's kind of, kind of very cool. I'm going to ask you to actually send a couple pictures to post on the blog <laughs> that we do. And as for your mom, clearly she's a nurturer. Obviously she's a great mom, but it sounds like they're your friends as well as your parents. And I think that's true. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Very sweet. Very sweet. I love a close family. Um, I think I'm that way with my husband and son and our stepdaughters. I'm not so much that way with my own family because I came along way later. Um, I always <laughs> joke and I think that um, Susan was a much nicer name than oops. <laughs> <So> <laughs> I believe I was a surprise, but you know, we do with what we have, what we can. So I have um, that kind of special relationship with my husband and son that you have with your parents. And I think you're blessed to have that. And it's great. It's great that you give yeah. them a shout out too. Um, personally, yeah, whether it's family yeah. or friends. Yeah, whether it's family or friends or wherever you find those relationships, it's, it's quite important. Cherish them, let me tell you, because life is short. So I want to ask you, I, I think you probably know that my raison d'etre is to create equity in the workplace and to, uh, so when I go out and I travel and I speak, I, I, I give a lot, I give a lot. I share a lot of information on how uh, the way we communicate differently connects to gender bias, which then connects to DNI that's not really I. So I'm trying to change the focus off of DNI and turn the focus to inclusive diversity. Because I think as you probably know, uh, considering you're involved in those sorts of initiatives, that you know, DNI has been lipstick on a pig. Our brochures look great, our websites look nice. We parade uh, lots of different folks around at the pitch. But when the clients say to companies or firms, who's getting the stretch assignment, or who's getting the big case, or who's the relationship, we haven't come that far, at least according to McKinsey and Lean In uh, in their study that they do women in the workplace. They do that each year. So you obviously in your firm do what you can to change that. And I do what I can uh, to change that. So when I travel and speak, that's how I try to lift women. These podcasts, another way to lift women in business. And these events that you probably know about, another way to lift women in business. So clearly that's important to me. How do you believe we should lift each other up? Or what have you seen in the way of, uh, best practices in lifting women in business? Yeah, I think one of the main ways of lifting is by being a collective support system for other women attorneys. I think that, you know, and a small example is, you know, just giving credit where credit is due. Um, you know, we, I, and I have a problem with this where I don't, 
you know, I have a hard time speaking up during meetings or taking credit for some of my ideas. Um, and I, I think that many women also have that challenge. And I think that to support other women in, in, uh, you know, in a business or in a firm, um, if you can, you know, support your women colleagues by thanking them for their idea and then bringing it back to the table and, you know, making sure it's known that, you know, that person had a great idea. Um, I think that's a really great way um, because sometimes our voice is overpowered by maybe a male voice or, you know, we're just not as as loud as maybe others or some, you know, it, it could be an issue where you just need the support of others in the room to help bring your idea back to the table. And I think that that's like a good small tip that you, we could remember and be conscious about, be aware about in meetings um, or in, you know, project situations or something like that. So I'm blown away that you use that example. Um, I use that example too. You are spot on. The, everything you just said is 100% correct, spot on. So we call it the stolen idea. And women mm -hmm. often um, do not speak up to say, you know, hey, that's what I just said. Or, you know, I think that's what I said 10 minutes ago, John. Or, you know, so the, the tip that we usually give is exactly that. You, you, are spot on. So we create a posse or a tribe and that posse and tribe can include men and women who agree to support us and to back us and to uh, speak up and say, you know, I'm pretty sure that's what Shanika was saying when she said X, Y, Z. Could you tell us right. more about that, Shanika? That's perfect. Right. That's a great example. I love that you have the courage uh, to stand up and to say, we need more of this and to please recruit other people to help prevent the stolen idea or fix it when it happens, you know, so that's amazing. I have, yeah, I have great uh, male colleagues here at the firm that do that for me when I feel like I can't do that for myself. Um, and we talk about that often. Our, actually, our marketing and business development, um, one of the co-chairs, um, his name is Rod Sorensen. He's based in San Francisco. He's very conscious about that and aware about giving credit where credit is due. And um, it's, uh, it's, quite um, exciting to be in a law firm that is being more conscious of that. Well, I will tell you, women everywhere are thanking you and your firm. <laughs> so yeah, just putting it out there, having the courage to speak it on a, on, on a podcast and in your firm is the way we create change, you know, raising awareness and then acting on it and then saying, you know, I may not be there yet, but I'm trying to get there, or here's what we're doing in my firm, or that's really great. So, so grateful that you said that. Um, well, you know, not everything has been easy peasy, I'm sure. Tell me what has been your biggest challenge or setback, and how did you overcome that? Yeah, I think my biggest challenge is more of a personal challenge. It's not you know, not being confident in my own skills. So I self-doubt frequently and it, it slows me down. Um, if I, you know, I don't have that skill or I'm not smart enough or, you know, I don't have that experience. I mean, I was constantly thinking in my head of, you know, why, um, why am I qualified to do this? It's that, you know, that classic imposter syndrome, like I yeah. can't believe I'm here um, and a feeling like I don't belong. But, and that's just, it, it happens really you know, often. And so I have to overcome it by just, you know, first being aware that that's happening and then overcome it by preparing in advance. So I have to prepare a lot for my meetings, my, um, you know, for this podcast or for, um, you know, anything really in life I have to prepare because then I have to 
do this sort of self-evaluation. No, I am, I am good enough. I'm smart enough. Like I've done this before. I have the experience. Um, and then I also have an amazing network of friends and family who just support me continuously and they push me out of my own head and my own thoughts and um, yeah. really urge me to do, remind me also that I am, you know, qualified to do what I'm doing. And that's, that's been really helpful. I think that's very courageous of you to put that forth as the um, challenge or, or that you have to overcome. Um, first of all, you're not alone. Okay. It's very common. Women all over who are rocking it still feel that same thing. Um, even if it's less frequent than they used to when they were your age, but very courageous of you to put that forward. Super, super, super true. Like, um, even those of us who, uh, come off as confident, but not cocky or assertive, but not mm -hmm. aggressive. Um, we face right. that. I'm one of those women. I own my story. I feel good about it. Uh, you know, I do have my insecurities. They're, they're not the same as what you described. They're more along the physical appearance. I've gained a lot of weight, so I'm con concerned about that. But none of my intellectual capital or any of that ever gets me stumped. But it wasn't always that way. So you will get there hopefully sooner than I did and you will own your story. And it sounds like on this podcast you are. And the fact that you've been assigned this great opportunity to show your stuff and to help others achieve great things. Um, that's what I love about the kind of role that you have. You're not, it's not about self. It's about helping others. And that's, that's, you know, living right. to others. That's my life's calling. Um, so I love it. I love it. So one other tip about that is you ask others to tell them the question that you're asking in your own head, ask them and tell them, you know, can you please tell me what you would answer or say about me in this regard? Uh, and mm. get a feel, cause it's hard to, you know, talk about ourselves and it's hard to, you know, answer these questions, especially when you're suffering with imposter syndrome, which most right. women do. So ask others their opinions, their thoughts, their feelings, and they're um, the way they see you, but know at the end of the day, um, good or bad, other people's opinions aren't your business. It's theirs. They're going to make them whatever, but it's always helpful to get a close friend or a confidant or even, you know, a colleague to say, you know, someone's asking me this question about myself. If I were to ask it to you, how would you answer it? You know, what do you see are my traits X, Y, Z here? You know, and it helps mm -hmm. you start to see your perception by others, you know, the way you're perceived by others. And I can tell you from what I know of you, it's 100% fantastic. Just amazing. You're, you're a rock star. And the fact that you own your vulnerability and share it with the public is great as well. It's a strength. I feel. Yeah. Sign of authenticity. I love that. Um, so tell us something we don't know. Although I have to say, this is the first podcast where I didn't know the, the list, the, the guest. I, I don't know you personally, so yeah. uh, I don't know a lot about you. So everything I've heard so far is a surprising fact about you to me. But <laughs> <laughs> for your many, many, many colleagues, friends, and family who will listen to this later, what's a surprising fact about you that they don't know? Oh, this is a tough one. Um, so I just realized this last night, actually, um, because my husband and I were talking about the upcoming Avengers movie. Um, I apparently love watching superhero or characters with magic and TV and movies. I just 
gravitate it for some reason. And apparently it's been happening since I was a kid because I used to watch Power Rangers, Sailor Moon. I used to read Harry Potter. And then, you know, just recently, and it's continued on to my day today because I was so excited to watch Captain Marvel and, of course, the upcoming Avengers movies. So, I mean, what's more inspiring and entertaining than saving the world, I guess. But it's just a fun <laughs> fact that I guess... <laughs> Some, I, and I didn't realize that about myself, but I was like, wow, I am really um, uh, addicted maybe to watching a lot of these movies. I think it's great. There are much worse addictions out there, but I'll tell you, we are addicted as well. In this family, we um, live the hero, superhero archetype. We live through that, and yeah. we, we are so nerdy. Um, and my 17-year-old son would kill me for saying this, but way back when, when... I could do what I want and he would have to do what I say. And, you know, we would dress up, we would dress up in character to watch those movies and we would dress Oh, that's up. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> like he was, um, uh, Fro Frodo for like, we watched the Hobbit and Lord of the Rings and mm. you know, we are that geeky family, but we love that stuff. And you know what? It gives you a sense of, um, hope and courage and you know adventure so i love to hear that i think that's great that's great i mean you could be addicted to soap operas which would be a, such a <laughs> <laughs> so i love it that's an awesome awesome no one's ever said anything that fun as their surprising fact so that's pretty cool actually i have <laughs> linda ficano in new york said something really great um her surprising fact was that people from all over come up to her and say, oh, I love your hair color. Where'd you get it done? And it's a really unique color. And so she said the most surprising fact about her, and she asked her daughters this, because again, women don't like to self, you know, talk about themselves or, you know, whatever. They, the, she was asking, what's something unique about me? Her hair is this really phenomenal color of different whites. And it's been that way all of her life. And so I thought that was cool. So you two tie for the most amazing, unique answer <laughs> to that question. Um, so quickly, and you know, I'll put all this in the blog so that people can have it in writing and you'll send me a couple of photos, some candid shots and a headshot so that people can see you because we're visual by nature, um, many of us. And uh, so they'll have your contact info, but for those who are just listening, Tell us if they want to learn more about anything you've discussed today or anything beyond. How do they reach you? Well, I'm a big um, social media um, person, so as you mentioned before. So I'm happy to connect on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook. Um, any, anyone can connect me, with me on any or all of those platforms, and I'm happy to chat with you. Awesome. In those awesome. Yeah. I'll share those in the blog then so we make it easier for those folks to okay. connect with you. And by the way, if you and I are not connected at every level, we should be. I know I watch you, I follow you, I'm, you know, lurking. Um, but if we're not connected, we should be. So let's seek each other out and connect on social media because I just think you're fantastic. You're a great example for young and old, women and men, and I just think it was delightful to get to know you better. And I hope to meet you in person someday because you're not that far away. Yeah, thank you, Susan. Yeah, I hope to um, see you soon, and thank you for the opportunity. You are most welcome. Everyone, thank you for listening in, and have a great day.